Blog Talk Radio. Two women with powerful songs and powerful stories. It's Music Friday Live. From Los Angeles, California, the music capital of America, it's Music Friday Live. I'm your host, Patrick O'Heffernan, and this is your show. Our guests are here to talk with you, so you can call in 347-215-7511, or, or you can email us. You know if you're sitting there at work and you have your headphones on, you can email us, musicfridaylive at gmail.com. And some of you already have. Thank you. Well, I want to say welcome to our listeners on the Blog Talk Radio Network, the Cyberstation USA Network, and all their radio affiliates, the Artistic Echoes Network in the UK, and they'll be hearing us tomorrow, of course, not today, and also everybody listening to us on Stitcher and iTunes. If you have questions or comments, don't forget you can call in or you can email us, musicfridaylive at gmail.com. And that goes for those of you who are listening to us on a podcast or who are listening to us tomorrow in England, you can also uh, send your email questions in and we will forward them on. Well, Kim Cameron began her music career at the age of eight with a clarinet. But the path to musical success was by no means direct from there. It included a marching band, musicals, poetry, public speaking, children's books, radio broadcasting, corporate job, cover bands, and a song on American Airlines. Along the way, she collected a dozen music awards, including the American Songwriting Award and a silver medal in the Global Music Awards. She put two songs on the Billboard Top 20 chart. She released videos that garnered millions of views, and she wrote a song that hit number one on King of Spins. And she had her music played on radio stations in multiple states and satellite across the country and still does. So, She has released a new Greatest Hits album, and we have it, but even better, we have her here with us today. Kim Cameron, welcome to Music Friday Live. Oh, it's such a pleasure to be here on a Friday afternoon, and I am sitting in Miami and looking at the sunshine right now, so uh, it's, uh, it's a great day. Well, yay. Well, I'm sitting in a closed-in studio, and I'm looking at foam, right? <laughs> but that's okay. Um, there's sunshine outside. Um, you know, just reading your resume makes me tired. Uh, but fortunately, I can, you know, ramp up my energy by listening to your music. I'm sure you've been asked this before, but why a greatest hits now? Have your fans been nudging you for one? Um. It's not that they'd been nudging me for a greatest hits album. It, it was more of an instinct. It felt about right. Uh, you know, it, is, it, it was my ninth album. Once you get past eight, you sort of think, well, should I pull out some of the, the, the juicy nuggets that were in some of my earlier albums and put them all together? And that was the original idea. It wasn't supposed to be this big project, but I can't really leave anything alone so when I started pulling them out I started listening to them I thought you know what it would be even better if I just updated the song so kept the original intent but modernized them so that they were current for 2018 so I pretty much reopened everything between having some different people master it to actually opening up the production to actually doing a complete rework with completely different producers uh, across the globe. I also wanted it to be very international, um, so I did use producers that I collaborate with a lot from, you know, Croatia, uh, New York, um, guys from South Africa. I mean, it was, I really tried to span the globe on the type of influences I wanted it in the album. Wow, I wouldn't have liked to have been a fly in the wall in some of those recording studios. Well, with that expo- <laughs> you just explained something. I'm, I'm about to play one of your songs, Fearless Lovers, and I noticed that the version I have is a remix that was actually released last week. So here's Fearless Lovers. Hiding in the shadows Watching the book. Thank you. 
good thing I have a uh, long, flexible cord on my headphones because I'm actually up dancing around here and had to sit down to get the microphone. Um, are you a fearless lover? Is there a little bit of you in that song? Oh, my goodness. There's a little bit of me in every song, but I am a true hopeless romantic, and so my songs are – you know, a little bit about me, sometimes about other people that I've met along the way who've told me their love stories. But I, uh, I I love writing about love stories. I have a few exceptions to that, but I would say most of my catalog is about love, relationships, the ups and downs of those, the, the happy side of it and the not-so-happy side of it, um, depending on which mood I'm in at the, at the time. <laughs> okay. Well, speaking of fearless, um, you are in a branch of music that, at least from my perspective as a music critic and radio host, is becoming more and more female-friendly, electro-pop and dance. But it wasn't always that way. Did you have to push against any gender barriers as, in, in your career? Well, I have had to push against a lot of gender barriers, but in this particular genre, I felt, um, I would say, very welcomed by at least the DJ producer world because they're looking for, for female vocalists. Mm. And they, they're, they're kind of surrounded with so much instrumentation uh, that they create. So they kind of open your arms when you say, yeah, I, I you know, write songs and, and because I'm a female, they love that. And they also... What they tell me is the responses they get in the club is always better when they turn on a female song versus if they're just doing pure instrumental or even if they turn on a male-dominated, you know, vocal song. So it's um, it's a little bit different. Now, in other areas when it comes to, like, booking or large shows, things like that, you definitely run into that gender issue. And it's, you know, there's just no way around it because – even though it's music industry, there's still this good old boys club that exists in the music industry. But as far as actually working on, you know, collaborations, I've felt the exact opposite. Great. I'm glad to hear that because uh, uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of, of women now who are moving up in this, uh, in this genre. Um, groups like um, the Chilito uh, Vinyl Club, uh, um, who do exactly what you say. They, they add a different flavor to it with female voices. Um, you referred yourself to yourself as a, a serial songwriter, which is a term that I, that was coined by the Grammy nominated songwriter, Shelley Pike in her book confessions of a serial songwriter. She says in that book that she has to write songs, whether or not they get sung or recorded or she gets paid. Are you the same way? I would say I have more of an addiction than uh, than being a serial songwriter. I mean, there's an element to that. It's a it's I, I love new creations. I get bored very very easily. So the minute I feel like I'm getting bored, I get this itch that I need to write a song, and it's it's what keeps me sort of um, keeps my brain working. That creative side. If I if I stop creating, I feel like I lose a part of me. So it's definitely um, more of a drug for me than anything else, and it's there's nothing more exhilarating than when you get a melody and some lyrical lines down, and then you start to go into recording. And I got to tell you, it's the biggest high I could possibly ever get, and it never gets old. It just never gets old. And then you watch it through its, you know, from from the inception all the way through the creation to the final production, and it's. It's as exciting as the very beginning, and it's um, it's just something that it's 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 too exciting not to do. Well, we're going to get high right now. We're going to listen to one of those songs, um, and this is uh, "Share Your Pillow."
You know, in that song, you managed to to be sensual, seductive, romantic, haunting, and dance addictive all at once, which is a neat trick. Um, how do you break out the labor in that? Do, do you do it all, or do you do you piece out pieces of it to other people? Uh, well, this one was a collaboration that DJ Halo uh, and I did, and what was what was interesting about this one? This one completely was dictated to me by the lyrical content. It was I, I had this idea about how when you first fall in love, that it really feels like you're floating within the clouds, floating on these like white pillow, fluffy feelings. And I just, you know, it, it struck me that nobody had used that reference before. And and if you're going to talk about, you know, being on fluffy pillows and flying within, you know, the birds up in the sky, you, you can't have anything but kind of a wispy approach to both the singing and the melody. And, you know, because I'm in the, in, in the dance world, I don't want to give them something melancholy. So that's where you've got DJ Halo who comes in with these, you know, great production ideas. Um, once I'd given him the melody and the direction I wanted to go. So together we work really well but that's it was really the lyrical content created what that mood of the vocal should really be and it really worked well too i have to say uh we're talking let me remind our listeners that we're talking with ken cameron about her new release greatest hits uh you can talk with her too you can call in 347-215-7511 or as many of you already are you can email us musicfridaylive at gmail.com why don't we go to some of the emails here um Salazar in L.A. <laughs> wants to know who who is your favorite DJ and who is your favorite house band, other than yourself. Oh, <laughs> oh, Ooh. Um, that that's tough because the, there's a long laundry list. But like you know, like naming I, your favorite I, child, huh? Yeah, I mean, I work with so many great and talented DJs. I have to say that if I were in Germany, that answer would be DJ Toka because his playlist is ridiculous. Um, he doesn't really tour in the U.S., but he tours extensively in Europe, and he's got this uh, this ear that picks out all these, you know, deep house favorites of mine, and he's an incredible um talent selector so he's got all of these great music producers that that ride underneath his label and you know it just fits it just fits of course i'm a fan of uh, dj halo who always comes out with sure. a playlist when he plays in the u.s and um it, it the list is is pretty extensive probably everybody who is on my current greatest Hits album, although those producers and DJs would be on my 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 list of guys that I enjoy listening to. Okay, uh, Remy in Hollywood wants to know uh, when you play, do you play live behind a table? It, it really depends on the venue. So in big dance clubs, they just don't have the format for me to do acoustic, uh, meaning we take all the, you know, keyboards and we plug it into a board and I sing. Um, usually with clubs, I'm given the opportunity to have maybe a percussionist. My vocals are always live. And then usually it'll be a DJ um, who supports a partial of the track and then he'll add some live elements to it. But I do a lot of acoustic shows, which obviously sound completely different than a very big production dance song. But it's always fun to do those because it just offers, you know, a variety. But, yeah, my vocals are always live. I I have a tendency to stay away from any TV tracks because I just don't I, – I come from a live performer um, perspective. And so, to me, it just sounds too – too phony, even though I know those are my vocals and I sang them, I just can't get, I can't get there. I'm trying to get there because I know it sounds better for the listeners, but I, I haven't, I haven't gotten there yet. It took me a while to just sing against track. So I, I'm, I'm making my way. All right. Uh, Meredith in Seattle uh, wants to know, it's interesting. What is the largest crowd you have ever played for? 78,000. That's a pretty big crowd. And where was that? 
That was at the New York Giants versus Steelers game where I sang the national anthem, and it scared the bejesus out of me. But it was the second time I had sang for uh, the NFL. So it went better the second time than the first time, even though both times I did remember all the lyrics, and I was not flat uh, or pitchy on anything. It's just the second time was uh, a, a much you know, more positive experience for me personally. You know, people who sing, and I know many people who sing, tell me that, that the National Anthem is the hardest song for them to sing. So congratulations. Well, you're out there naked, right? Because you have no instrumentation, so there's nowhere to hide. Uh, no. You have an amazing slapback going on that you have to ignore. And uh, you, you really don't have any time to second-guess yourself. And you have to hit that high note. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Dixie in New York City says, um, oh, that's interesting. Uh, are there many women electro poppers and DJs in Europe? Oh, yes. I would say more DJs than electro pop singers. Uh, I did hear a few last year when I was in France, which were which were really interesting because they were taking electro pop almost to a dirty, distorted way, where it was, um, I would I would actually take the word pop out of it. It was definitely a dance song, but uh, um, almost a, a a very distorted dance song. And it was very interesting. I, I saw a couple of singers go that direction, and uh, I, I wasn't sure if I loved it. Um, I didn't hate it. I don't know that I, I would go to a whole concert of it, but it was it was interesting to see. Okay, all right. Well, we have some more emails, but actually I want to get back to, um, to playing a, a little music, and uh, we'll get to those emails. And I was, I was going to ask you, um, in addition to writing songs that we have all heard and we've all danced to and we love, you've also written children's books. Um, how did that happen? Yes. Well, it happened because when I was on tour in the Caribbean, a little girl on a break came up to me and we started this conversation. She was like, I would say, 11 years old, and and she had explained to me that she had this real love with with octopi. And I thought it was amusing because when you think of little girls, you think of dolphins or starfish or whales, not octopus. So my guitar player and I the next morning, or I would say afternoon, this is what you do when you're on tour on, a, on an island in the uh, Caribbean, is you, you, you know, kind of goof off. And we were writing songs. We wrote this tongue-in-cheek song called Mr. Octopus and ended up playing it the next night because of the little girl. She was actually there. And my guitar player, he looks over at me and goes, you know what, you should write a story about this. So I ended up writing a children's story around this song, and then he said, yeah, you know, we really should um, put this out there as an audio form, and you should really write it as a series. So it was his inspiration that that kind of forced me in that direction, and so now it is, you know, full on. We've got four books deep. I'm, I'm, you know, uh, promised the readers that I will finish the fifth book this year. I, I'm, I'm super close. Uh, it's been a lot of fun though. And there's videos too. So I, uh... I, there's a couple of videos. Uh, the schools had requested that they see, um, you know, a bridge version of a couple of books. And that was a lot harder to do than I really thought it would be. I do these little <laughs> puppet shows in some of these smaller classrooms or, you know, at libraries and it I, putting that into a, a video format just was completely different. And, and um, I probably, the next video I'll do, it'll be a much better puppet movie than the, the two I've done so far, but it was fun to do. Well, we'll still, you know, I uh, have to say going from singing to 78,000 people to doing a puppet show in your local library means that you have one heck of a range um, I, and I want to play another piece of, of your music that shows people uh, a lot about your range. This is uh, Living Without Me. Living without me. 
kind of a singer-songwriter song. Um, it's sort of poetic from your your heart kind of song. It's, it's different in a way from the addictive dance music uh, that the other songs are. Uh, where did that come from? Uh, you know, it was one of those relationship kind of songs where this is the, the, the sad part of a relationship where you're on the verge of breakup. And mm-hmm. so that, that's where that inspiration of the lyrical content came from. Um, you know, this, I wanted to stay within that sort of deep house chill format. Um, because I, it was just sort of one of those moods. I, I actually wrote this in the wintertime, which I know sounds funny. Miami doesn't really have a wintertime, but for us in Miami, we, you know, we had to put on our sweatshirt. So, you know, we thought that was winter. And doesn't sound funny to me. I'm was, in LA. We don't have winter either. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So um, it was, it was one of those, I don't want to say darker um, songs, but when you're talking about, you know, on the verge of breakup, you know, that, that has a tendency to have a darker mood. So that's why I went with that deep house feel to it. Um, but you know, then you, once you start adding on the layers of vocals, it comes out a little bit poppy. So it it was a nice, um, mixture between the two. Yeah. And it really works well. I really love it. I want to circle back uh, around to the children's books, but not to the books themselves, but rather to an organization that uh, you're involved with that engages children's uh, guitars, not guns. Can you, can you tell us about that and how you got involved? Guitars over guns is a nonprofit after school mentoring program for at risk kids. So, um, and actually school just started um, again. And so a couple of days a week, we get together, uh, we're each assigned a different um, school. Predominantly, we're in middle schools, and we basically give these kids a choice. Like, you can, you can run home, or you can stay after school and get into trouble, or you can learn music. And so we teach some different instruments, so it's anything from singing to rap to keyboards to guitars. And while music is a big part of it, it's um, it's only one part. The other part is really a mentoring trip where they're seeing professional musicians give them, as an adult, time. Time for them to talk to somebody, talk to an adult, somebody who's not going to judge them, kind of work through issues that, you know, when you're in middle school, it's just the worst age ever. And they are going through, especially girls, um, going through all sorts of, hormonal changes that they don't understand uh, and they need they need you know a little guidance that is not their teacher that is not their parent uh, that they feel comfortable and that they respect and this is uh, the program that's done it it's um, I think they're on their ninth year or tenth year they've grown steadily every year and it's uh, it's something I'm proud to be a part of uh, how did you get involved in it you know it was a friend through a friend. I mean, the musician community down here is really small. And once I heard about what they did, uh, I was like, yeah, sign me up. I, I definitely want to be a part of this. Okay. Well, we are getting a little tight on time, but there's uh, another song I do want to uh, sneak in, uh, mainly because it applies to life so well. <laughs> right? This is Scattered. Like I said, you, you've captured the um, the dual essence of modern life, too busy for what's important, too scattered to pay attention, and dreaming of lazy days. In fact, you sing, I'm so torn with the passions in my life. What can I, what I can give is just a speck. No matter how much I have left, it's never enough. I guess that's a choice we all have to make. Um, 
Yeah, it's I, uh, is, is it was one choice? of those songs. That's one of those songs where it still resonates with me because I'd like to do a lot more things than I'm doing. Even though I'm doing a lot of things, I often feel like I don't have enough time to do one of those things the way I really want to do them. And if I did do that, then the other things would suffer. And it's it's um, I think all of us we we all are are faced with that you know you have family and you you want to see the family but then if you see the family too much then your work suffers and if your work suffers then you don't have money to see the family i mean it's just this ongoing battle that we all face all the time so you know we end up putting little specks of our ourselves all over the place and to a point where you know you can't even recognize yourself well, you seem to do it very well. Um, sometimes you do it sequentially. Sometimes you do it simultaneously. But always what you do is the best there is. And, and Kim, before we let you go, uh, any new music on the horizon or in the back of your mind? Absolutely, uh, because I am that uh, addicted songwriter. Uh, do have an EP that's going to come out? Not sure the date yet because I'm still working on it. But it's um, look for Carpe Musicam, which means seize the music. And uh, tour dates will be coming out as well. But you can follow me on my website, and that has all the social media sites. And if they want to purchase music, which is SideEffectsMusic.com. Okay, and uh, let us know when you're ready to release it so we can let our listeners know. Absolutely. If your tour happens to bring you out here on the West Coast, let me know because I'd like to be there. You'll be the first. Okay, thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us today. And, And also, thank you for all the great music. I mean, you make a lot of people happy, including everybody here in the studio. So, And we're really happy to know there's more coming. So thank you, Kim. We appreciate you being with us today. Thank you. Okay, we have to uh, take a break now, and uh, actually we're going to take a little trip to Mexico before we talk to our next guest, so uh, hold on. Just two hours south of the California border lies the enchanting seaside town of San Felipe, Baja California, where friendly people, warm waters, and a relaxing vacation awaits. And it all starts at www.mysanfelipevacation.com. Whether you choose to golf on the 18-hole championship course overlooking the Sea of Cortez with friends, enjoy a romantic weekend for two on the beach, or take the whole family for a fun-filled weekend of shopping and activities, you'll be sure to find just the right accommodations at mysanfelipevacation.com. So what are you waiting for? Isn't it time you got away? Visit www.mysanfelipevacation.com today. That's www.mysanfelipevacation.com. See you in San Felipe. And we'll see you in San Felipe, particularly if you use the discount code MFLA5, which will give you a discount in all the rooms that you book there. So MySanFelipeVacation.com, discount code MFLA5, and you will have a great time on the beach in Mexico. Tammy Shannon has a story to tell, and it's not always a pretty story, but she does it with music that hits you in the gut and ultimately lifts your spirit. She's a blues woman from Tennessee, and she's seen abuse, injury, and hardship, but she's also seen motherhood, success, the adulation of fans, and the joy of making music that thousands of people love. She writes songs that wipe away your preconceptions and replace it with delight. Maybe a little wisdom and an insatiable need to hear more. Artist, wife, mom, entrepreneur, and now full-time recording and performing musician, her new album projects the bulletproof determination that has characterized her life and her music. She, start, she started singing as a child in church and later joined a local band that toured with the R&B soul legend Percy Sledge, Percy Sledge. But then life went sideways for a while, and after that, well, we're going to find out about that. But her new album... All of me makes it clear she is all back. 
She is all right, and she's all in, and we're in there with her. Tammy Shannon, welcome to Music Friday Live. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. You know, this is this is quite an album. Um, it's it's got range from deep blues uh, in the song Collide to the anger and bulletproof to the melody of uh, No More Tears. You cover a lot of ground in this album, and I understand <laughs> you recorded the twenty songs and you chose eleven of them. What was the choice? Was there a flow you wanted to set up, a story you wanted to tell, a mood you wanted to create? Yes, I. Uh, I am an avid reader. I love to read books. And one of the things that I really wanted to do with this album was make it um, basically write my story in song so that people went on the journey with me. So when I wrote 20, uh, I sat down and said, which of these songs really tell the journey of my life to allow the listener to understand who I am as an authentic um uh, songwriter, but also get to know my life in real real life, and that gave me an opportunity to do that. So that's how we ended up picking the eleven songs for the album itself. Well, you certainly succeeded. Um, but speaking of that story, you started singing as a child. You sang in church, uh, mm-hmm. as many people do. You tuned pianos, right? Then you yeah. tuned with. with, with <laughs> Percy Sledge, which I imagine was game-changing, um, was, was joining and staying with that tour for so long, was that the most important musical event in your life? I, I would think so. I know, and, and I've performed with a lot of people since, but that was a really interesting uh, relationship because he treated me, uh, Percy treated me like family. He was one of the nicest, kindest people you would ever meet. And he had a background singer um, that was was a female that just sort of um, took to me, if you will, and took me under her wing and was very kind. And I just felt like a part of the family. But, of course, my mom was traveling with me because I was 17 at the time. And, um, you know, it was it was a family affair, so to speak. That that is uh, quite a story. Uh, but later on in your story, you lost your voice for a while uh, in an accident, mm-hmm. and you brought it back after a lot of work and, I understand, encouragement from your children. I want to give our audience a taste of what you sound like now and how you're using your voice to deliver a message. Uh, this is uh, Bulletproof. Just a little girl you left with wounds Spent my whole life carrying you Affecting my own life broken in two You were an officer out on patrol A friend of our family but they didn't know Till the night that you took me got out of control When you were done finally taking me home My daddy beat me I want you to know He blamed me for your filthy behavior From then on I was dirty lost his favor unworthy and unclean i blame you for doing that to me hell yes i'm angry oh i want to go back when i watch i want to play a little bit more of that because there's a chorus in there that i think is very important and also very beautiful musically so this is the chorus to that song i'm You know, there's a saying that uh, anything that doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Um, did <laughs> what you describe in the verse do that make you bulletproof? Definitely. It, um, as an adult, as a child going through something, uh, and as an adult reflecting and 
and writing about something like that, you you have an opportunity to not only reflect on it as the little child you were, but think about how to utilize that to not only become better yourself and process it differently because now being an adult, that can't, no one's going to do me, do that to me again, but uh, it's definitely empowering. And as I wrote it, it it changed my life in a, in a very unique way because I was able to let out all of those things that I had held for so many years and to release it. And of course, now I'm writing music. Uh, my next, uh, the next several songs that you're going to get are going to be singles that we're working on now. They're very different than this album because they're very, they're fun and they're exciting and they're dance tunes and just different things. So I'm excited that I was able to share that, but help so many people along the way because they've opened up and shared their stories with me. But it's not what happens to us. It's how we use that to become better and help other people become better and get over situations like that well said very well said uh and i know that the the parallels of bulletproof and also the, and the me too mm-hmm. movement and, and the movement for women and men to speak out about sexual abuse and, and power dynamics is obvious but inside of you um do the two go together do they influence each other was me too on your mind when you wrote that it's it wasn't. Um, I knew at some point in my, when I wrote it, it, it wasn't. It didn't begin that way. What has the reaction to that when, song been? Oh, my gosh. Uh, I have had so many people actually write to me and tell me their stories, uh, share their stories that have been incredible. And what's been the most unique thing for me right now is really since the last four months, six months has been actually sitting down face to face with people that are dealing with that situation or have had something very similar, some sort of abuse situation in their life. And they talk to me about it and I've been able to almost kind of coach them through getting through it the way I was able to get through it. And that has been one of the most satisfying things that I've ever had an experience to do. And that's where we're actually setting up a, a, um, a podcast and some other things to be able to do that more because it has been so gratifying to be able to help other people get through those situations. But, you know, me too, being here and, and, here it is. I mean, it's, it is a real situation that so many men, women, and children have had to, to endure that it's nice to have a way to not only release it, but begin to celebrate the change one small milestone at a time. And this is certainly a way to do that. Wow. But that is uh, quite a story. Um, I'd like to change the tempo a little bit, uh, because you are many things musically besides bulletproof. And I want to play one of those other things. Uh, and this is uh, I Got Rhythm. Yes, we're dancing around the studio. <laughs> that is great. I love it. 
um, you got rhythm and now so do we. Uh, is, is that your most popular song with the fans? Do they sort of swamp the dance floor when you play that song? It is one of them that, that we have to play a lot longer. <laughs> it's about a 10. When we play that live, it turns into about a 10 minute song. <laughs> it's Great. Crazy. I love it. Uh, true. And, I, and you could probably go longer than 10 minutes if you, uh, you wanted to. <laughs> um, it's a lot of fun for sure. Did um, you and your producer know that you were producing kind of an addictive earworm when you uh, put that song together, or did it just kind of flow? You know, um, I don't – it's interesting because we don't – when writing and and lyrics come to me and then musical arrangements and we sit down and we talk about what what was going on the album, um, I wanted – uh, I got rhythm was of course the first single that came out because it was really as I wrote the songs that was the first one that came to me and yes you you never know when when I wrote it I thought man I was dancing across the <laughs> with no music playing you know I would just sort of walk and kind of skip and dance across my living room floor and when I took it to him we just sat down and we just have a lot of fun together Music is one of those things that brings amazing, amazing people together, and it just makes you feel something energetic and and exciting. Absolutely, absolutely. That's why I I, I love doing what I do here because I get to play all 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 kinds of music <laughs> with all kinds of people. Um, and, and speaking of all kinds of people, I read that you like to collaborate, and I noticed that the list of musicians in the studio with you on this album is amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> do, do you have a home team yes. um, that you, you work and play with all the time? I do. I do have a band, uh, a full-time band. There's about eight of us, and um, sometimes, depending on where we're playing, we'll cut down to about five, but uh, it's it's a full-time band. But in the studio, it's a little bit different. Because, um, I don't know, we just have people who wanted to play on the album and, and we sort of uh, picked from the people that were, were asking my producer we, uh, when they asked him if, they would let, if he would let them play on it. Uh, we just sort of picked from that list the people that I really resonated with that, of course, their personalities and all that went into play and, and we just had some of the most amazing musicians play and collaborate on this thing. And we just had the best time, (laughs) like a whole bunch of, we're like little kids. Instead of sitting on the front porch, you know, playing with your neighborhood, uh, we were in the studio just having a great time. You know, that's an enviable position to be in, to have, musicians of that caliber asking you if they can play with you in the studio. So <laughs> I, congratulations on that one. Thank um, you. You were, you're from the South, obviously you're, you were raised yeah. in a farm. You were raised Pente- mm-hmm. in the Pentecostal faith and uh, the yeah. faith and family are deep in your music. And I assume in who mm-hmm. you are. Um, I'm out here on the yeah. left coast, you know, listening to you and I am moved you can do that. You're able to move all kinds of people. And I, I, I want to play an, an example of how you do this. Um, this is um, mm-hmm. from a video that uh, you made called Bent. And I'm going to play the last 40 seconds of it. Carry the picture of his daughter, the age when he last saw her, as he dreams of a life he calls complete. He deserves respect, so call him by his name when you meet. He's Our country is divided in so many ways, politics, race, class, Trump, religion, 
but that song and especially the last 40 seconds of the song and the video wipe all those divisions away the the mm-hmm. the the image that you gave us and the way your song your voice wraps kind of protectively around the the veteran and then slides into the flag it left everybody here in the, in the studio out here in, in the left coast asking what can we do for our country what can we do for our people all i can say is congratulations and that everybody listening now or later on on a podcast should find that video and uh, watch it, uh, especially if they're feeling low or feeling cynical, because you've really accomplished something there. Thank you for that. I, I know the veteran in that song is an actor, Stephen Young, but and he mm-hmm, could have been mm-hmm. he could have been an actual veteran. He could have been black or Latino, or or even he could have been a she, a woman, homeless woman back right. from uh, Afghanistan. Um, Absolutely. It doesn't really matter. You just envelop him in your voice. And uh, I don't know, maybe you should write another song like that. I think the country needs one. Do you, do you mm-hmm. plan on doing that? Um, I never know. I do a lot of work with veterans. Um, it was the very first nonprofit uh, board that I sit on. And it's very important to me. It's um, I have uh, come from a military family, and my uncle has PTSD. And um, I saw a homeless veteran that uh, was on the street in Nashville. And my gosh, I I cried for 45 minutes. But then I thought, you know, I can. I hope I can do something about this. And of course, that song came to me, and I I wrote what. I thought his life might be, you know, uh, I think it's a, a, a tragedy that our country uh, doesn't really take better care of our veterans. I think it's very important and um, it's very dear to my heart. I, I always work with veterans, so I'm, I'm sure I will come up and, and, and I'm sure I'll be writing more about them. Uh, but that is something that we just, you know, we take so many things for granted in the United States that uh, what a free country. And we've got so many people who do so much for our country that just seem to get the, the smallest amount of praise. Sorry, my dog well, decided she wanted to talk. She she had something <laughs> to say about that. <laughs> we actually have a she agreed. We actually have a a studio dog here, Chula, uh, but we, <laughs> but the engineer wanted to keep her out because all of her hair in the summertime when she's shedding gets in the computer. So, but hi. Oh, I'm God. Well, <laughs> you know, I, it, America should not have homeless veterans, period. And I'm glad that no, um, you're, you're saying that. Uh, real quick, let me um, mm-hmm. remind our listeners, we're talking with Tammy Shannon about her new album, All of Me, and you can talk with her, too. Or you can email. I, I got a ton of emails here, so I'm not even going to give out the email address. Why don't we go okay. to some of the emails here? Um, first, okay. one of five. Uh, people want to know if you're a veteran. I am not. I've never served in the military, but I have siblings that have and okay. uh, nephews that have. Okay. All right. Um, but it doesn't mean that it doesn't matter to me. Uh, obviously, it matters. It matters a lot. Um, Louisa in Miami wants to know if it's hard for you to talk about uh, your abuse uh, publicly. It used to. Uh, it used to be really difficult, but now I've seen what my talking about it and that and how that has positively affected other people and allowing them to talk to me and, and as they're healing through their process. And it isn't anymore. I see it as uh, it was a necessity for me. I've been an advocate for women and children who've been abused for the last decade. And I've, I have publicly spoke about it and I do now, but so when I, when I get an opportunity to do that, it's very important. So we have to have a voice. If we talk about it, we can change it. Okay. Um, 
Zebon in Tampa said that you mentioned you you get a lot of stories and you've talked face to face with people who've been abused. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do with all those stories? That is a great question, and believe it or not, I've got an answer for you. We are in the process now because I it's happening so often that uh, we are now setting up um, on my YouTube channel, uh, Tammy Shannon Music YouTube, is uh, we're going to be videoing these things. We may or may not show that person. I may just share their story and talk about it and talk about how that that person can help themselves get through the process of healing and basically doing some coaching. And it's, I'm really excited about it. We're getting that started now, and we should have that up and running within the next uh, 30 days or so. Okay. Um, this is an interesting question. This is from my center in San Francisco wants to know, if you've been a, abused, why is your album picture you almost completely naked? That, too, is a great question, and I've had that before. So uh, the reason that that picture is there was because of the Me Too movement, and a portion of all of the sales of the album are going to help women and children get out of abusive situations and into a safe place. Um, And the reason we did that, I picked 12 uh, the songs that we picked 12 things, uh, sayings out of one of each song, and that's what was placed on my body for that album. So it definitely means something. You'll learn about me. Everything I do means something. There's there's a definite meaning to it. Okay. All right. I would say that uh, you, uh, your armor is inside rather than outside. We, um, we're almost out of time, and I did want to play a mm-hmm. little bit of uh, Collide because it shows your blue. So why don't we do that, and then we have an opportunity to okay. let people know what to get your music. Here's Collide. You're no good for me. I'm no good for you. Crossing lines all the time, saying things, doing things you shouldn't do. Oh, can't you see? This cannot be healthy for me most of the time. We could lie, could lie. You follow me, pretend to be accidentally. Oh, boy, don't you know you're making me go while you're walking around, carrying your crown. Wow, boy, you really know how to do the blues, and you can. And I don't know what happened to your vocal cord, but it's back, and you can belt with it. <laughs> right? Wow, um, we're almost out of time here, and uh, we're going to have to have you back on the air because you are such a fascinating guest, and uh, you have such great music to play. We only. I would love play. that. Okay, well, we're going to do it uh, quickly. Where can people go to get your music? Gosh, uh, it's on iTunes and Amazon and everywhere that that you have access to music but um my it's also on my website so you can save some of the surcharges and that sort of thing um but the website is i have to say it's down right now because we are uploading some things for t-shirts and some of the other uh items that i have a t-shirt line and and some different things that we've added so um that so we've got a little glitch right now with the website, but it will be up in the next couple of days. Okay. Do you have a tour planned or any uh, live appearances planned? Right now, we've focused on uh, sharing the stories and doing the coaching. Uh, I'm waiting to get through with that, and once we get that set up, because of so many people coming to me and, and wanting you know, to talk to me and share their stories, which I honor. I'm so amazed that that's happened and just incredibly honored to be able to to help anybody move past 
their past and, and into a, a very healthy, uh, successful future. So where that's my focus right now, we are setting up some touring for 2019 and 2020. And as soon as those are announced, they will be on the website, which is TammyShannonMusic.com. So everything okay. will be up there first. Well, well, let us know, and we will let everybody know. And I want to thank you for for giving us all of you. This has been a delight. And, thank uh, like you. I say, you can come back anytime. Uh, you've been listening to Music Friday Live with Patrick O'Heffernan from the Cyber Station USA Network, the Blog Talk Radio Network, and our radio affiliates and the Artistic Echoes Network in England. Like our Facebook page, follow our Twitter feeds, get real-time update on our guests. Music Friday Live is produced by Music Friday Live and Fairness Radio, LLC. Our program director is Jason Bartlebin, and there's a whole bunch of other people involved. Download this and other Music Friday Live programs at blogtalkradio.com or on iTunes. We're on iTunes. Check out the Music Friday Live website, Twitter feed, Facebook page, and also our YouTube channel. Our YouTube channel gives you an inside look into what's going on with music in L.A. Tune in next week. We're going to be talking with Taylor Gray. And if we're lucky, we have a surprise guest. So check out our Twitter stream and our Facebook page, and we'll update you on, on all of those, uh, on those guests. And right now, I'm going to leave you a little bit more of Collide. You're no good for me. I'm no good for you. Crossing lines all the time, saying things, doing things you shouldn't do. Oh, can't you see? This cannot be healthy for me most of the time. We could lie, could lie. You follow me, pretend to be accidentally. Oh, boy, don't you know? Alive.